This is the South Bend Beat Podcast, presented by Alpha Dog Agency. This week on South Bend Beat, we have Jeff Ray. Jeff was the mayor of Mishawaka for a little over six years, and in 2010, he made the move to be president and CEO of the South Bend Regional Chamber, which is a position he currently holds. Jeff is also the host of a TV show called Economic Outlook, which covers the regional economy, which is kind of his main thing in this area and something that he is an expert at. So we talked about all of that, his career up to date. Uh, We talked about his love for running and everything else as usual. And we capped it off with some Answer the Internet. So enjoy this week with Jeff Ray. And we're here with Jeff Ray, the president and CEO of the South Bend Regional Chamber. Thanks for coming by, Jeff. How you doing? Hey, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Um, I want to get something, pop into something right away. We were kind of speaking before we came on air. Uh, I read that you were a pretty avid runner. Yeah, do you still run quite a bit. I, I do. It, you know, it, it, I got going late in life. To be honest with you, I didn't start running until I was about thirty-eight, and I'm fifty now. So I've been running about the last twelve years, and so I, I like to think I got a set of tires that I didn't have a lot of miles on it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, I, um, so, so you know, I started with the idea that I need to be healthier than I am. I mm-hmm. used to. Uh, uh, be heavier than I am now. I weighed 100 pounds more than I do today, wow. and wow. and and it's a little you know you add a couple pounds every year after college, yep. and and before you know it, you're you've sort of gotten a little heavy, and and I, so I I was I started with sort of trying to prove that I wasn't out of shape, and what I found out was I was pretty far, <laughs> pretty out of shape, and I had been to a lot of uh, dinners and and ate a lot of desserts and those kind of things. But anyway, so I made a commitment to being healthy. I didn't go on a diet. Um, I started uh, walking, running, eating right, and uh, and 12 years later, I, I weigh 100 pounds less than I did and and so i've run marathon i've run uh, probably dozen half marathons i still uh, you do 5k 10k probably run three times a week uh, about four miles a, a week and and really yeah, kind of strange for a guy who n- i didn't run track i didn't that was, run that was going to be school. my question did you run didn't, like cross country or anything ne- never did and it's it's kind of funny in, later in life to sort of like it and, and enjoy it and and but but it's something i look forward to you know it's, it's one of those things for me in particular it's it's uh, you know i'll get busy in in work and and it's like i just want to be outside i want enjoy you know some fresh air and and but and i also need some exercise and and, and such and so uh, so when i was um trying to get healthy you know like i said i didn't go on a diet so i just was sort of gradually i ran a block and then i ran a couple of blocks and then it was 3k 5k 10k 15k half marathon and i culminated the my big accomplishment was on my 40th birthday and i was in anchorage alaska and i ran a full marathon and uh, this and it was, it was a pretty neat time of the year was it? to um on the day of the midnight sun june Okay. So, uh, so, it was, so it was quite interesting, and and it was called the Mayor's Marathon. It was my 40th birthday. It seemed like all the stars were aligning that I needed to uh, to run uh, this thing, and, uh, and and I had a blast. It was it was a really neat thing. Plus, it was far enough away. If I failed miserably, <laughs> yeah. would anybody even know? Right. Yeah. Um, turns out, um, WSPT, the, our local TV station here, owns the station in Anchorage, oh, Alaska. Yeah. The, an- the anchor happened to be a former reporter here. She was waiting at the finish line to do a little interview uh, with 
with me. So I oh, so you a, didn't know that ahead so of time. Didn't know this. Okay. Uh, so it gave me a little <laughs> extra incentive to to finish. And and but uh, but anyway, one unique story about the marathon. So um, there are bears along this route. Um, so I had not contemplated this uh, during my run. Not the smartest bears though. Bears were at mile like two and mile three. If they'd have been at mile like twenty two or twenty three, I think it would have been a diff- <laughs> different story. But I still had a little energy there at the beginning. <laughs> now. A question I always like to ask runners. It sounds like you pretty much always run outdoors. Uh, what's your thoughts on treadmill? Um, don't love it, okay. but it's necessary. Um, so, especially so you will as, run on I treadmill. will run on okay. treadmill, yeah. And, uh, and it's funny, things like Netflix have become great additions to treadmill running because I need something to distract me from how little I like uh, running on a treadmill. Yeah, but uh, my preference is to be outside. I try to do outside as much as I can. And what's been neat about our area is we've developed some terrific running and walking trails um, mm-hmm. really along the river and in river walks and, and through parks and stuff like that, that there are a lot of great spots. Campus is a terrific spot to run as well, too. So, uh, um, so and pretty good job of clearing that stuff in the winter to still be able to get out and, and do some of that. So when the weather is at an extreme, whether it's really hot or we're at a polar vortex, will you pop on the treadmill or you still try to get outside? Um, probably pop on the treadmill. Yeah. yeah too, too much heavy snow uh, um, or some of that kind of stuff. Yeah. A treadmill is a little better. So I have a treadmill at the house that, uh, that, that I can pop away uh, at, but, but, but for the most part, yeah, there's nothing, nothing beats being outside. Awesome. Well, let's transition to your career a little bit. So are you fr- originally from the area? Yeah, my family were entrepreneurs. We owned a, a, a drugstore over in Mishawaka. So 55 years, we were. I, they introduced me sometimes as coming from a long line of Mishawaka drug dealers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not, not the greatest uh, introduction, but... Uh, Sounds uh, tough. But yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, but uh, we're legal, all legal, yeah. I promise. Uh, and, uh, and, and really, so my family built a lot of goodwill, um, you know, kind of in the area. Um, moved away, though. We sold the drugstore. We moved to the Carolinas. I li- went to high school, college down in North Carolina before I moved back here several years later. And uh, always felt like... Uh, Moving away gave me a, a unique perspective mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, just uh, uh, some insight into other communities uh, that I ultimately could apply into this community. So, I, so I'm, I'm, I'm really proud to be from here, but I'm also glad I got to live in some other places before I came back. So kind of take us through the journey of uh, post-school uh, w- when you're looking to dive into something all the way up to I am now the mayor of Mishawaka and it just got real real. Yeah. Take us through that. Yeah, so uh, so uh, so as a private sector guy, I grew up in the drugstore business, and mm-hmm. so I went to work in the drugstore business after um, I got out of uh, school. Uh, was a district manager for a, a retail drugstore chain down in North Carolina, and uh, where I had about thirty stores and probably three hundred employees ultimately that uh, that reported to me. But uh, uh, the call of home, uh, you know, brought me back this way. I brought I came home. I studied public administration in college, so things like uh, uh, business and government, kind of both. I took a job with the city doing city planning and and kind of gradually advanced their city planner and then director of economic development or redevelopment. And, and then ultimately one day I'm sitting in a staff meeting, the mayor comes in and says he decided that he didn't want to run for reelection. Uh, somebody else uh, needed to, I think I drew the short straw at that staff <laughs> meeting and, uh, and decided to, to run for mayor uh, of Mishawaka and uh, um, not, had not, you know, hadn't been part of my plan, didn't love uh, politics, did love working for the city though, liked being a part of, uh, you know, kind of what was going on there and, and uh, ultimately um, ran and, and won and, and uh, spent the next seven years uh, leading the city and 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 that was you know tremendous uh, uh, opportunity and, and just a neat honor that that the citizens would trust you to you know to, to, to do that we were at a you know pretty important time in the city I've been involved in things like the demolition of Uniroyal and the the attraction of the h2 plant and, so, and some of those kind of things so uh, so people had known me from from that and uh, and did did well in the election and uh, um, you know you know but it's interesting as you're sitting in an elected office it's it really again it's a great honor it doesn't 
pay super well. It's a lot of hours. Elections aren't the most fun thing. And I'm thinking that was nine years ago. It's got, it's become even right, less yeah. fun, I think, in the last nine years. And I decided I wanted to do something different and, uh, and moved on from the mayor uh, to the Chamber of Commerce, where I've been the last nine years. Yeah, so you were the mayor for a little over six years, Mayor yep. of Mishawaka. Um, take us through the transition uh, when you knew you were going to head to the chamber and kind of what that was like um, as far as just getting your ducks in a row and knowing that you were going to make that move. Yeah, you know, it's really funny going through a job interview process when you're the mayor is a really a complicated <laughs> thing. In fact, uh, um, I had, had done this because I decided that I probably wasn't going to run again. I'd gotten married and uh, and have a stepdaughter, and, and I really decided I want to be a good dad and a good husband, and it's really hard to do sometimes when you're gone every uh, every night and every weekend. And so I was thinking, what, what happens next? What happens after being mayor? The chamber opportunity uh, came up when they reached out to me and said, hey, we'd love to talk more about this. They'd worked with me um, at, during my mayor time, and, and so uh, so we got to chatting about it. Funny story, they hired me. I hadn't announced it yet. They uh, The search firm sent a big congratulations uh, balloon to my house. I live oh, on the busiest man. street in town. I have this big <laughs> basket and this balloon that says congratulations, and everybody's trying to figure out what I'm being congratulated <laughs> for. And, uh, and, uh, and, 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 you know, it's a hard one. I, you know, I watch elected officials leave early. And, and I don't think any of us ever want to leave early, but, but you also n don't know what the job market's like and when the job opportunities are going to be out there. So, it, so it's much like I think everybody in their current jobs, they don't plan on leaving, but right. if the right opportunity came, they might uh, move on. And so I had made the decision to move on. I also felt really comfortable that I had a, a successor that was really talented and that I, would, uh, that, you know, that, that I felt like I was leaving things in, in good hands if I could. And, and, and I, to be honest, I was excited about uh, being back working for the private sector. And so, you know, having the entrepreneurial background with my parents having and grandparents having 50 years as being entrepreneurs in the area i love the 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 private side the business side i hope i could bring my government experience and expertise with my you know business background and, and such and, and maybe be a good chamber guy because of that and so last week we had on Karima Fowler, uh, who was also an elected official who left early. Um, and she just she kind of put it in the perspective of it wasn't something she was looking for, but it was just an opportunity that kept popping up. Um, and at some point it just made sense for her career. Um, and like you, she said she had faith in who, who was going to stay behind and take over. Was it a similar situation to where it was like, I mean, you weren't necessarily looking to move out of the mayor role. Um, but something as special as like heading a chamber, it was just too good to pass up. Yeah, it really, it really was. You know, there's a lot of really talented people in government who make some big sacrifices uh, there and then move on when those opportunities come and people recognize that talent. I was excited that the chamber had recognized that talent and, and reached out to me and it, nothing more flattering than to have a bunch of business people say, boy, we really like the way you lead things, and we'd love you to consider, you know, something else. And and I could see myself doing it for a while. It was a chance to really broaden too, you know. So I've mm -hmm. been pretty Mishawaka focused, but but um, but Mishawaka can't be successful if we don't have a good South Bend and a good ca county and Granger and all the different parts that make this region pretty special and stuff. So the chance to broaden that base a little bit, work with some people that I'd met over time but hadn't had a chance to to work real closely with was pretty exciting for me. And and so uh, yeah, so. I, 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 which was good. I, you know, many of my mayor brethren or other um, elected officials, once their time ended, uh, figuring out what was next was a difficult thing. And the chance that I, the the, the fact that I had uh, learned what was next already was a good thing. Now let's get into the nitty gritty yeah. of your day to day. Um, I think a lot of people hear chamber and they're vaguely familiar yeah. uh, with with what the chamber serves as, uh, what you would do on a day to day basis. Um, just speaking in the uh, immediate form we have a couple home games coming up for notre dame and i know the visitors bureau 
um, is a big thing for you. Uh, kind of take us through you. Have, so you have to wear many hats, um, and this is one of them. Let's start there. Yeah. Uh, how? What do you do to make visitors either feel more welcome, or once they're here, they're more comfortable in knowing what the hot spots are, what they can do? Uh, how does the chamber play a role in that? Yeah. So I have a really talented team that that operate under Visit South Bend Mishawaka, our local visitor bureau, and and uh, and, and it's really interesting because they're we have the second busiest tourist attraction in the state of Indiana, the University of Notre Dame, um, and obviously home football games bring a lot of attention, but other things the university does bring a lot of people here. Did too. you say so second? Second so busiest. So is it behind the uh, racetrack? Yes, okay. you got it. Yeah, it's funny. I usually ask that question. You you've got it right on, yeah. and and it's hard when you when you put half a million people in, on race day <laughs> there. It's hard to it's hard to add that up uh, really right. quickly. But uh, but yeah, but Notre Dame's a bucket list kind of uh, assignment. So uh, so my team really works hard to make sure the whole visitor experience is good. We want to make sure when people come here, um, one we want them to spend money. I guess selfishly, right. we want them to stay in our hotels. We want them to eat in our restaurants. We want them to shop in our stores, and so we want to make sure they know um, where those opportunities are while they're here. So you've seen in every every visitor bureau you've ever stopped at has brochures that try to direct you different places where you can spend some money while you're there. So I have a team that obviously works on the game day experience. We have people out on campus on game day weekend directing them to, you know, when they want to know where they'd go eat, where they'd go, where they'd stay, where they'd shop, that kind of stuff. We want to make sure we direct them. We have a golden roamer. That's our mobile visitor center. And so you'll see that out on campus or at major events around that are that are doing um, things like that. But but what's important, we have uh, over 5,000 hotel rooms here and uh, six Six weekends a, a year is not enough to keep them in business all year long. <laughs> right. So, uh, so my team works all year long to try to bring everything that they can here. Whether that's the plate collector convention, we just landed the big jugglers convention for 2023. 20, uh, it's pickleball tournament. It, it's uh, um, hockey, youth hockey, for example, generates about 11,000 hotel room nights a year. And and so when you think about those families that are traveling, that are eating our restaurants, staying in our hotels while they're here watching uh, their son or daughter play hockey. Or, or some of that kind of stuff. So, um, so our team is out um, constantly, kind of selling those kind of things. We're competing with eight thousand other communities in the U.S. that want those same mm -hmm. dollars to be spent in their own communities. So, I'm, I'm fortunate we have a really talented team, and the fact that we have the draw of Notre Dame makes it even even a little bit more special because people have heard about that. So, even hockey, for example, for the youth hockey team to be on campus playing at Compton is pretty exciting. And so, when you think about the economic impact of of having having a Compton there, it's you know it's pretty exciting. So, yeah. So that's a, uh, that's a big piece of our budget. It's a big piece of our staff, but it's a really important thing for our community. It has a, um, almost 5,000 jobs in our community are supported by tourism. And the people that, that come here, it has a, almost a $500 million um, economic impact each year. And so we're pretty excited. A home football game has an $18, $19 million economic impact. Wow. So think about you know that just how much money is being spent that weekend. And again, we want to make sure that we maximize that experience and that people stay here and eat and do the things they need to do here. Now, for listeners that are from out of town and may be coming to visit, in case we forget to plug it later, um, for all those resources you just mentioned, where's the best place for those, them to track those down? Yeah, just go visit southbend.com. And, okay. and and really, it's and, and you can plan your entire game day experience. You can find a hotel. Who's got hotel availability? Um, you can go to, to that site for it, really plan everything out. You know, you know the, the football game's special, but all the other stuff around it is pretty special, too. Mm -hmm. So we hope people get here Friday. They go to the pep rally, and they um, on Saturday they're watching the trumpets and watching the band and and they're 
tailgating a little bit and doing all that kind of stuff. So we try to make sure they know about all that. But also that site will, uh, you know, kind of tell them about all the other stuff. Try the aerial adventure, go down the East Race, uh, um, you know, visit the parks, uh, you know, go try the food. You know, there's a lot of, you know, on tourism, uh, especially right now, food is a really big deal. Yes, and, we, and we think about what's happened in South Bend in particular on the food side of things in recent years with some really unique places for people to go. That's a great opportunity for us to to suggest that, you know, fo you know folks know the chains, um, but they don't know some of the unique local uh, spots. And so if we can help uh, direct them to those unique local spots, we want to do that while they're here. Now, in a past life for me, uh, my last agency, I worked with a lot of mayors and a lot of chambers, and I know one of the main points that was always brought up was population growth. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was always one of the first things said, one of the last things said. Um, is that a major concern for you also? Yeah, it is. You know, it's, it, it, it's gotten to be better. So if I, you know, if I was sharing a couple things about that, so we had about five straight decades of population decline. And so think about this, whether it's your business, your neighborhood, whatever, if, if you're not growing, uh, there's a good chance you're dying. And we yeah. had, you know, we had those challenges where, you know, South Bend made the dying city list a decade ago because we weren't growing as fast. And as Studebaker and other industries shut down, there just weren't as many people here and, and our population um, dropped pretty significantly. But we st we've turned that corner. And I'd like to um, think that the work we're doing at the chamber helps change that. Really, the trajectory started changing in about 2010. Um, just coincidental that that was the year I got hired as well. So I'm not trying to, <laughs> not trying to take any credit. Uh, many here people with that. would so, say. Well, a lot of people would say. Many yeah. people would say, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm, t I'm totally kidding. Um, but, but what's interesting is is you've seen really a, a, a fair amount of investment in quality of place. You hear it, you, you feel a different vibe you know, happening here. Yep. Um, you see a lot of new housing and different housing options here you see a concerted effort to try to keep folks from the university here and and, and so the so, so the good news if I was sharing the good news piece is that they were growing faster than we did before um, if there's bad news though I would tell you that um, we're not growing as fast as we'd like to grow um, most uh, growth is a, is a, uh, attributed to more births than deaths um, that's okay. We want a lot of people to be born, but we also um, <laughs> we also hope that uh, uh, that some of them stay here as they get older. And and so where where we lose is on the out migration. So when mm -hmm. you think about people moving out of the areas, they get a little bit older. For for example, so we we always tell people we can grow this population number. You can help us either way. You can either go recruit some people to move here or go have more babies. Whatever you want. Well, I'm not going to suggest which one you should do. But no. And uh, so we're growing. You know, we're up over 270, 270,000 as a county now. We have a goal of being at 300,000 and uh, by 2030 and we want to just do all the things we can to keep having people come here and things like Howard Park the the River Lights uh, um, the Cascade the um, Studebaker uh, you know renovation Berlin Flats all are just different kinds of things that will help make this area more attractive uh, for folks and, and we hope to keep uh, chipping away at it and uh, Indiana's doing okay um, in the urban areas, not in the rural areas. So Indiana's pretty rural, and rural communities in particular are really having a hard time, you know, keeping people. So if if, if we think about Indiana's biggest crisis over the next decade, it, it could be that p potential loss. The the experts predict 68 counties will see population decline. That's the wow. rural counties that uh, that are having a harder time retaining their young people. Um, the urban areas are doing a little bit better, and so uh, we're doing better than than some of the areas. But we still lose an awful lot of people to bigger cities, either Fort Wayne 
or um, Indianapolis or other out of the area. No, there's a couple things I can't really change that, you know, weather is one of those. When I ask right. people why they want to leave, they say the weather. Um, and it's like, oh, can't fix that one. So I've got to come up with other other things. And I, and I do think people here very much embrace the, the change of seasons and you get really used to it. The people that are most worried about are the people who've never been here and experienced it when they hear you got 90 inches of snow coming this this winter or whatever but uh, um, but 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 I, I'd like to think that that mo- that the that, that the mayors the cities the business community everybody's pretty plugged in that we got to grow this uh, population and and, uh, and 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 we're we're better we're not where we want to be yet now have you seen any trends in I guess I'm talking ages 22 to 30 um, whether they come here to school whether it's a Notre Dame or a Notre Dame affiliated school or Bethel and they're starting to stick around more. Or are you? Are they still getting out of town? So, so the out migration numbers are still negative. However, we'd like to think um, that those are starting to change. They're not as bad as they used to be. So, I, I think people have more reason to stay, and people are, um, uh, are I think, are more aware of, of what we have to offer here mm-hmm. as a community, and and uh, and and they realize that boy, the cost is pretty good here. If I can find a good job, um, it, it, there's a, I can enjoy a good quality of life here. A lot of those factors might keep me here. So, I do think. Um, I Obviously, you know, Notre Dame and um, I'm, I'm sorry, IUSB, Bethel, some of those are, are more likely to stay probably. But Notre Dame um, has been uh, terrific in recent years. Notre Dame's given people a lot more reasons to stick around yep. this area, too. And you're seeing a lot more uh, research and innovation happen on campus. That research innovation leads to new companies here. Those companies mean new job opportunities for some of those graduates. And so folks are staying around a little bit more than than they used to. So so I'd like to think we're changing that number very slowly. I think things like have a mayor Pete to hear Mayor Pete's a progressive young um, leader that's in, uh, that's very much raised the profile of the area and attracted other young people to hear. I think I just think the 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 vibe is good and better than people have heard it for a long time and. We just got to keep building on that. And that's why when I say, you know, when I think about what our goals are over the next, you know, decade, we're pretty aggressive with those goals because we think that things that have happened in the last few years have put us in a position to really accelerate moving forward. Now, speaking on a more macro level, um, I want to talk a little bit about the economy um, locally. Uh, so you are the host of Economic Outlook, um, and I do want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. But before you get to that, um, still having your chamber hat on, just talk about you know how the economy is looking locally, a few trends you've seen maybe, or maybe a couple concerns that you have. Sure. So you know if I was uh, so overall, I'm I'm encouraged by what's happening in the economy. I think that nationally, people are starting to debate whether there's a recession coming or right. not. And I guess I'm not hung up on that. I haven't seen signs that um, that there's been significant problems, although some of the manufacturing we talked to, for example, are slowing down a little bit, but uh, uh, some of them had a lot of inventory on hand too. And so, um, but, but but generally, I think um, Indiana's got a great business climate. For example, uh, one of the, the the top business climate in the Midwest, one of the tops in the in the country. And so, uh, so so business people who are looking at, at doing business uh, find Indiana to be very attractive. The cost of living makes things very attractive here. So we've been very positive about that. Um, the highest uh, industry job growth in recent years has been healthcare and higher ed. And obviously, an aging population, more retirement communities, hospitals—all those are, are big, um, uh, you know, important employers. Higher ed, with a number of colleges that we have around here, has been important ones. But when I look at a few others, I think of like the warehouse logistics side of things. Uh, uh, there's been some terrific jobs. If you look northwest side of South Bend, for example, out off the bypass, uh, um, where Chase Plastics, FedEx, Federal Mogul, CTDI, Thyssen Krupp, AM General, Amazon um, have all located facilities in the last couple of years. 
years. Obviously, the, we're at the crossroads of America, and so our transportation connections to the rest of the country make it easy for us to uh, to get in and out. So, so some real interest in that. Um, a lot of advanced manufacturing, kind of. You know, we're a heavy manufacturing base. It used to be. 60% of our uh, employment is like 15% now, but that's still an important yeah. uh, base for us. I guess if there's any good news about our economy, it's that it's pretty diversified. So we don't hear, we don't um, feel the uh, ups and downs of the national economy as much. And uh, and so I, I think that's a good thing. Our employers are certainly looking at what's happening nationally and they're talking trade. And right now USMCA is a important um, item if you're a manufacturer, for example. So Indiana is like... Uh, Canada's third biggest trade partner or something like that. And, and so it's important we get deals done on, on some of those. And there's a lot of uncertainty in D.C. now and w with deals like that. And so uh, so people are really plugged into that. But but overall, I think we, we should be really encouraged and especially encouraged by the amount of new investment that's happening around the area. You know, so so um, people aren't investing in losers. Uh, people are investing in winners and, and, and people are make have made some major investment in our community betting on us winning. And, and, and we'd like to think that uh, uh, that, that they're going to win on. On, on those investments, and and so so we're encouraged by it. Um, obviously, you know, downtown has seen the kind of investment that it's never seen before. And when you think about the last couple of years, everything from LaSalle and Hoffman and uh, and the uh, the Liberty Tower, Berlin Flats, uh, Jefferson um, Center, you just sort of go on down the list. There's a new office building um, that Barnes and Thornburg is is building right now. Gibson's just moved to some new. I mean, there's just a, some neat activity. Prescani is going to do a new you know site here. Um, there's a lot of interest right now. A lot of uh, activity, you know, we, we, um, we, you know, activity can be a bad thing too. It can confuse us and make us think everything's fine, but right. it, but it, because we still are growing a little slower than we want, but, but, but again, we, we got to eat, eat this elephant one bite at a time a little bit and kind of chip away at it. And I think of things like wages, for example. So we, our wages, um, 10 years ago or nine years ago, we're at 82% of the national average. We're at 88% now. So we like to think wages are going up, job opportunities are improving and, and they're, um, and, and, I think, you know, if, if we look nationally or globally, I think what trends are happening, I think things like universities are key drivers of economic activity. And so the fact that we have a pretty uh, important university here is going to be a real driver for us, and it's going to be an advantage that other communities don't have. Can we talk about economic outlook a little bit? Yeah, sure can. Love to. Yeah, go ahead. So, uh, so I, I host a, a TV show on on, on WNIT, and and it's funny because I I had been a frequent guest on it. That when the host moved on, they asked me if I would uh, stick around and, and be the host on that. And, and and it's a it's a show that each week we try to explore jobs and economy, you know, kind of issues. Have guests on really from across the region, and you know, even this year already we've we just started our season, and we you know we've been to St. Joe Benton Harbor and down to Marshall County, and today we're in Mishawaka and. And we're just trying to uh, tell the stories of, of what's going on in the community. You know, sometimes the, the news gives you about 90 seconds to mm -hmm. understand, and we give you about 24 minutes to, uh, to better understand. So we can dive a little bit deeper into trends that are happening there and get some unique guests. And, and also, I think, just sort of see what's happening across the broad geography, because we, we are excited about what's happening in southwest Michigan or what's happening in Marshall or Elkhart counties and, or, and, and such. And that's all part of the, the whole story here. You know, it's funny. I'm not a TV communication guy. I'm learning. Um, as I go on this, and I've, I've been very, uh, I've, I've enjoyed, uh, you know, doing that and being a part of that, and I've got to meet, you know, some wonderful, you know, stories. So even over the next couple of weeks, I'll have some some great, you know, uh, entrepreneurs. I think a couple of great uh, South, great South Bend story, for example, Clay's Candy uh, just uh, enjoyed their hundredth uh, anniversary, a hundred years of making candy, and 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 it's interesting because. 
50 or 60 years ago they were making candy and selling it at my gran- great grandpa's oh, really? drugstore yeah. and and so that's how far back the connection goes to me but but the staying power of businesses and the family businesses and and going from one generation to the next and so so we you know we try to tell stories like that we one of our early season shows i loved was notre dame and what's happening with research on campus and so um, again notre dame's made a great commitment to um, they, they realize they can't get top talent at the university if there's not a great community around them and so mm-hmm. um, so to, to think about the research that's happening there and how that's spinning up into opportunities, we, we sat down with the experts at Notre Dame and said, tell us a little bit more about what this means and how this is going to drive uh, economic growth and, and such. So anyway, it's, it's been a, a fun uh, fun thing uh, fun thing to do. And, 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 and it's interesting because I think if people um, – if, if, I don't know if people had any criticism in the area. Sometimes we didn't tell our story very well, right? We're, we're modest Midwest people. We're not here to brag about, you know, what's going on, but there, there's a lot of, there's other communities that are doing a lot of bragging. And, uh, and, and again, there's 8,000 communities across the United States that all want, uh, that jobs and capital investment. And, and I'm convinced having visited some of them that they just tell better stories than we do. And I often think that, uh, you know, things like what you're doing here, telling, uh, telling stories, you do a phenomenal job bringing some great guests in and telling some great stories or what we're trying to do at economic development is just to help make sure people understand the stories and and it's and we've all been in those classrooms we've talked to the, the students and they say you know are you going to live here when you when you grow up no there's nothing to do here and and it's like well there is a lot to do and so i so I often think if we can tell the stories get people excited about what, what's going on and, and wnit gives us a great platform i'm a big fan of, of public television what's happening and we really have three local uh programming shows over there one totally focused on education one really more politics and one more economy and and so all, the three of them give us a lot of chances to uh, to plug in different local guests and, and help them understand what's happening now if someone wants to check out economic outlook yeah, so WNIT.org slash Economic Outlook or just WNIT.org will give you a link to it. You can watch every episode we've ever uh, taped on there. I do a little blog post. We do interviews. And then, you know, we do a little extra, too. So if you watch us on TV and, you, and you're hungry for more about a particular topic, <laughs> we give you a few more minutes on, online that maybe awesome. you didn't get otherwise. And so, so it's been good. And, and it's interesting, you know, as I'm doing the show sometimes, and, and I'm sure you go through this with, with this as well, is that, that you wonder if anybody's any, is anybody listening? Am I paying attention? Who am I reaching? And I'm overwhelmed by the number of people I see walking down the street that says, hey, I saw that show on this or I saw that show on that. And at a time when there's a lot of competition for people's attention, I do think people are still really interested in local people, local yep. stories, local content. And the fact that we have several platforms, whether it be a podcast or a, or a TV show or whatever, to or a blog or something to reach them, I, I think that people are really hungry for that. And, and, and I think the more we can do that, the better we tell the story. You know, it, it's, it's interesting. You and I um, can tell stories all day, but we need a lot of champions and bastards out there telling stories uh you know those are the those are the folks the army of folks uh, uh, out there listening that are, that are going to help us uh be the story of south bend's comeback right. and and what's happening so. so between being a tv host you're the president and ceo of the chamber can you take us through a typical day like in the life of jeff ray um, yeah I, I imagine it kind of moves all around but what would a typical day look like? Yeah, you know, so, so uh, uh, no two days are alike, and, and I love that. And, and that kind of, my mayor days, like, prepared me for that a little bit. And, I, you know, I, I'm a I'm a juggler who's got a lot of balls up in the air, and I'm mm-hmm. trying really hard to make sure none of those balls <laughs> fall. Um, I would tell you on a, on a normal day, more of my time spent on economic development probably than anything else. It's new companies that are thinking about, you know, my day today, for example, was talking to companies about why they should locate here. They have questions about tax, questions about 
workforce, questions about property, questions about zoning, stuff like that. So we're helping them through stuff like that. Spent a lot of time in the public policy space as well too. So we're at, we're in DC two weeks ago. I'm in Indianapolis yesterday. I'll be at the city uh, tonight. You know, just kind of um, a lot of issues that affect businesses. I have a thousand businesses that employ sixty thousand people here locally. So I'm you know trying to stay up to speed on what's happening um, with them. Um, I, I write a lot. Um, I talk to a lot of folks. I speak uh, you know a fair amount. I enjoy uh, some of that kind of stuff. But it it is is just fast paced from from day and I and I like that though and I, I sort of got used to that um, from my mayor days is there's just no chance to take a breather sometimes and even as I feel like I talk really fast because it's like man there's just Gotta there's just efficient. so much so yeah. much to cover <laughs> I'm not gonna take any breaths if that's okay because <laughs> because I don't want to waste any time uh, you know there but 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 I just I love I got a really talented team of folks I've got a, a, a lot of different businesses and when you think about my who I work for um, my smallest business has one employee my largest one has 6,000 employees. So what the, my 6,000 employee business needs versus what my one employee is, is very different. And so that brings a lot of different challenges uh, to it. And, uh, and, so, and so that's good. I also have sort of the, this, the ge geographic issue, if you will. So we, really, we primarily cover St. Joe County, but we're also working up in Michigan now. So I'm meeting new people up there, new businesses, new elected officials and such. And so, um, so I love the pace. Um, sometimes I worry about dropping those balls and not getting back. <laughs> to people as quick as I can people are very very understanding and and and, and I just think it's like all of us the 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 number of things that we have to balance each day and get through and 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 and, and at the end of the day I'm tired but I'm a good tired because I did the things that 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 I enjoyed that I wanted to that I got a part of and and stuff and and it and and I think you know all of us I think is as long as you have that job and I'm good tired I think it's a it's a good thing if I if if I dreaded this if I didn't enjoy it if I was really down on what's going on boy it, but my my days will be really really long um, most days by the time I'm headed home I feel like I just got started because it because things just move so fast during the course of that day. Now, for a younger listener uh, that's tuning in, you know, if they're listening to your story or they followed your story already and they'd like to, you know, one day be a president of a chamber, they want to be a mayor of their city, they just want to make an impact on the local economy, uh, what advice would you have for them? Yeah, so, so a couple things. One, you know, I started by just showing up. You know, I showed up and I and uh, and and I kept showing up and I showed interest and I and I read a lot. I I just I always made sure, like I always think, I'm not smarter than everybody else out there, but I work really hard to make sure I know what's going on out there. And so so so, uh, so only part of it did I even have a touch on, but I want to know everything that's going on out there. So I read, you know, it's like I want to read the newspaper, I want to follow Twitter, I want to do all the things I can to make sure I know uh, what what's going on. I was fortunate; I had a, you know a number of great mentors that that helped me, you know, understand. A, along the way I was you know I, I I would say you know maybe some of the best advice ever too is, is I like I never worried about what my job description said or how much I was getting paid or or whatever I just kind of did the job and did it the best I could that was part of my entrepreneurial background mm -hmm. you know growing up in the drugstore you just got to do everything whether it's cleaning the toilet sweeping the parking lot or waiting on a customer you have to do that kind of stuff and and so I approached my jobs that way and I think um, people above me quickly recognize something very different and and I gradually advanced in, in, in those careers. And, uh, and, it, and it's interesting because, you know, it, it, and during my mayor days, you'd see me, you'd see me along the Riverwalk pulling weeds 
kids are picking up trash <laughs> just as just as much as you'd see me, you know, speaking at the Kiwanis Club, uh, you know. But but it's because I really cared a lot about w- what I did and, and what I was working for, and so, uh, so so those were all good things. The other thing I, I'd say I learned a little bit more now as I've gotten older is to f- make sure you find balance in your life. Uh, you know, I, I I already mentioned I work at a really high pace, and 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 work can consume you as well too. I don't I'm not uh, you know I, 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 later in life I've sort of learned that that that, that I also you know my grandfather actually reflected once on you know he wished he'd have caught a few more um uh, uh school plays little league games or whatever that he missed because the store was open seven days a week and he d- it wasn't able to get away so so i try very hard these days my run i play golf i do other things just to you know kind of uh, to, to help me unplug a, a, a little bit and, and and i think i think that's really critical too people have to un- be able to unplug too so as much as you want to sort of i gotta work and i gotta uh, you know work really hard and be make sure i know everything and and uh, it, it's really important to find that balance too and so and, and that's easier said than done yep Love it. You want to get to some uh, answer the internet questions here? Love to, sure. Yeah. Um, We'll start with, would you rather miss the last 10 minutes of every TV show or movie you watch for the rest of your life or the last 10 minutes of every sporting event? You watch for the rest of your life. Yeah, probably every movie or TV show. I'm a, the, yeah. yeah, I'm a sports fan. I kind of like to watch that. Even last night, I didn't really care at all about uh, um, who was playing in the, the baseball playoff. Yeah. yeah, but I stayed uh, and watched the last out of it and stuff. Because it's, it's sports. Because it's, it's sports. Yeah, it is. And although I'm a frustrated Cub fan who who wishes I was uh, watching the Cubs, uh, you know, I, I'm still very into. Were yeah, you a fan yeah. of letting Joe go? Uh, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'd have been as quick to pull the trigger, yeah. but maybe sometimes changes changes good. You know, it, it's I a, think it's, a new voice is okay. Yeah, but it I, is. I don't. I'm not sure they'll find a better manager. Yeah, if that I, makes sense. I, I I wrestle in sports. Sometimes they are very quick. Sometimes to make changes, and, yeah. the, and the number of coaches in the recent years that that took a team to the playoffs but then didn't get renewed, and it's like, oh my gosh, and and um, but I, I suppose people know that and expect that, and yeah. uh, um, I I hope uh, I hope my board is more understanding yeah. sometimes that uh, that I'm going to I'm going to try to win a championship every year but uh, if I don't I hope they're not that quick to to sh- send me on my way. Do you think you could beat up Tom Cruise? Uh probably not. I don't know He's a that. Guy. Uh, yeah, he is. Yeah, maybe so. I uh, I don't know. I I think he he had to pick up a little bit of hand-to-hand combat and stuff right. during his movie deals. I I'm, I'm, I don't play in that space quite as much yeah. and stuff so uh, so I'd probably bet against me in that one. Have you ever been stuck in an elevator? Um, I don't think so. I, I, I honestly, it's funny. Uh, I take less elevators now than I used to, not cause I have any elevator phobia, but as I was getting healthier, I was like little things like, well, you know, I'm on the third floor, for example, I take the elevator or the stairs every day if I can, because it's like those 47 steps, I count them are, yeah. are better for me, um, than, than taking that elevator and stuff. So Do you ever run into, so I don't ride elevators. Yeah. So, um, this is a very, uh, uh, very topical thing for me. Yeah. Do you, when you go and you ask to take the stairs, do you ever get flack or are they ever like, you can't take the stairs or is it usually like pretty cool? It's usually pretty cool. It's funny, okay. like places like the County City Building, it's a, like, it's not the neatest stairway in the world, but it's a good one to uh, actually coming down is better, but uh, obviously, but, but it's interesting. Um, the Liberty Tower, the former Chase Tower downtown, mm-hmm. that one had uh, really a lot of elevator trouble. So I've taken us the yes. stairs there many a time and it, and it is funny. How many floors? In a business suit, uh, 24 floors is <laughs> not the, 
uh, not the best <laughs> walk uh, uh, each day. And, but and uh, you've done this I've done this, done it, uh, not multiple. I mean, didn't work there, but I'd have meetings there, for example. Wait, wait a long time for <laughs> an elevator to decide that the stairs was the way to go and and such. But but yeah, now it's it's more of like a healthy thing where it's like yeah, yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna take the yeah, stairs me too. Not a phobia so. thing at all. Yeah, yeah. right. Exactly. <laughs> yep. uh, are you a basketball player? Um, I do play. Uh, I actually play once a week with okay. some, with some old guys who think that we still can play. It's funny as we get into our fifties, where we're it's a little bit harder to uh, than before, but we still love to get up and down the court. Do you? So if I gave you this deal, if I said uh, you get one free throw, mm-hmm. and if you make it, I'll give you a million dollars cash. Mm-hmm. If you miss it, you can never text again in your life. Are you going to take that free throw? I'd take the free throw. You yep, would. I would. So, and yeah. You think you'd sink it? I, I don't know. I, I think so. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'd, I'd like to think I have a good chance. So, so a couple of years ago, YMCA did a, a celebrity free throw contest mm-hmm. that I got a chance. I held my own. How'd you do? And, well, I, I did really well until Lafonso Ellis uh, <laughs> uh, came and, uh, and. See, that shouldn't uh, be fair. It shouldn't be. I mean, this guy spent a few years in the NBA. Yeah. And so, uh, so second place to Lafonso isn't, isn't too bad. But, That's no, a good I, story, but, too. Yeah. But I, li- I like to play. I, you know, I have a basketball hoop in my driveway. I still will go out. And, and shoot a little bit you know as a kid I I often thought I wanted to play I wasn't gifted with the the height or ability or quickness or anything but love to play and, and we have a Saturday morning group that that plays it's just something we all look forward to uh, each week and and it just you know it just sort of gets us out of bed early but like I said it's a How little, early uh, 6 30 in the morning and so on a Saturday on a Saturday yeah and so it's a little hard <laughs> it gets a little harder and harder to recover and a few guys start missing a few weeks and yeah. you're like hey what happened to Bob and uh, and and it's uh, but anyway, it's it's a uh, it's the camaraderie is, is great and and it's and it's funny. I'm a runner, as we mentioned. I ran I run 12 to 16 miles a week. Basketball is such a different exercise, oh, and completely and uh, yeah. it's just the cardio you know piece of this is, is a good is a good thing. So I love to play, love to watch. It's probably my favorite uh, of of all the sports. We're in the right spot to be in Indiana. It's yep. interesting. Um, Governor Holcomb just uh, on a side note is a huge basketball fan. He he claim you know he shot a basket in every single county in Indiana. He's got all kinds of pictures of all these rare gyms and stuff that he's he's shot in and today he's in mumbai um with the pacers um he's shooting some baskets over there and it's funny that the governor also as he's traveled to different places has has shot basketball with the leaders from china and japan and asia and india and he's in india today with the pacers and uh and they have a little exhibition over there and uh, and uh, yeah so it's kind of fun to fun to watch and obviously he's in the right state too then uh, because of the hoosier hysteria and all Mm -hmm. that goes there so would you rather um ghost or aliens be real but the this question i guess because the the, what was it the navy a couple weeks ago came out and said that there was some kind of ufo activity that was confirmed but i think a lot of people confused ufo with aliens oh yeah because they were just saying you know it could have been we don't know what it was yeah it could have been anything but if Something concrete. Would you rather it ghosts or aliens be real? I'd go aliens. I aliens? think so. Yeah, and I think it's a big galaxy out there. someday it'd be really cool to learn that there were uh, there was life on other planets or, or something. I like I I don't automatically go to it being an adversarial kind of thing. Could it be a like a would cool it take over? To... I, I don't even want to use takeover. Would um, some kind of. Uh interaction with an aliens freak you out or would it be more of a i'm interested i think i think i'd be interested i you know i'm like you know one of the things we'll send you to talk to the aliens well i don't know about that i don't know (laughs) if i'd be able to communicate very well but it but it is interesting just even communicating you know in the last couple weeks i've hosted um uh, i have a guest next week from japan actually i have a guest from um 
uh, the Ukraine actually a week or so ago, and and just figuring out how to communicate with folks who aren't from here and don't yep. speak the language is really an interesting thing. I'm fortunate with my Ukraine visitors to have a uh, a translator and, and such, but uh, uh, but but yeah, always always intrigued by what's going on around the rest of the world. Uh, earlier this week, I spoke to two thousand people in Japan, and uh, um, kind of a cool little opportunity. I don't speak Japanese, actually. I'm sorry, I do have don't know about twenty words in Japanese. I can count to fifteen, and I know sit, shake, and roll over. Um, which doesn't always go, come in well in a business conversation, but uh, but I had a dog, you never know. got a bilingual dog once upon a time that knew how to do those things, and so. Um, but uh, anyway, but uh, but yeah, so I, I'd at least give it a try. <laughs> um, would you rather vomit every time someone says the word McDonald's, or have to wear a fedora for the rest of your life? Um, I think the fedora is okay. I wouldn't go. You'd I rock. wouldn't have any trouble with it. I guess I don't know. You rock the fedora the rest. Of yeah, your life? Why yeah. Why not? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> yep. Let's do. Uh, would you rather be stuck in Jumanji or Jurassic Park? Um, Jurassic Park. I think yeah? so. Yeah, I think that'd be kind of cool. Now, yeah. does who your... asks your questions on the internet? These are <laughs> these are fans. Uh, these are fans of the podcast. So, that are, so yeah, there, there's a, there's a podcast called KFC Radio where uh, they just kind of. I love it. They kind of take the questions from just. I guess the weirdest yeah, people on cool. the internet. That's cool. And uh, they roll with it. Awesome. And, no, uh, I think yeah. those those are great. Let's do those uh, make you think. Yeah, exactly. Let's do uh, two more. Okay. Do you have any connection to the state of Ohio before I ask this one? None. Okay. If I if I gave you a billion dollars, okay. but I said you could never leave the state of Ohio, would you do it? Yeah, probably. Yeah. That's a lot of that's a lot of dollars. I I know money doesn't buy happiness, <laughs> but my guess is I could find a little spot somewhere there that I could yeah. on the water. Yeah, maybe uh maybe near a little golf course or something like that. So I'd go with that. All right, let's pick one more. So you mentioned you were a sports fan. Yep. Um I mean you're a pretty buttoned up guy, but let's assume for a second that you were a big partier. Uh-huh. If you could pick one sports team from history to uh-huh. party with, does anyone come to mind? Um Boy, I don't, you know, I, I like the the Bulls championship teams. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, it, it's funny. Like, I'm not sure about partying with Dennis Rodman, but uh, but but uh, but those were some that fun. Could go off the rails. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I don't want to. Is this thing we're still recording? Yeah. Um, uh, but no, I I think just you know from uh, those look like fun teams. I love Michael Jordan and stuff like that. So I'd, I'd go one of the Bulls six championship teams. And then a couple of these other questions that aren't answered the internet questions, but uh, strangest thing that you've ever eaten. Um, Tofurky. What was it? Tofurky. How was it? <laughs> Not good. <laughs> if, you, if you're making your Thanksgiving plans right now, I would <laughs> try to stick with the real turkey. Um, it's w- way more delicious. So I don't know. That one just came to mind, I guess. And then the uh, last one. Uh, what's the longest car ride you've ever taken? Uh, you know, as a kid, we drove everywhere and I would say probably here to Florida maybe is, is you know, as probably and every family vacation. Would you break was, it up or would like, it was like parents just knock it usually out? Usually knock it out yeah, in a couple same. different drivers and stuff. And it's, and it's funny how little this day, like I, like I think with my daughter and my wife, I don't think we've had a car trip longer than about four hours. And it's really? like, boy, that's nothing compared to how oh, yeah. folks you used, used to do. And so, so, yeah, um, so yeah, a, a couple hours. Love seeing the country though. Um, I went to 
college in North Carolina mm -hmm. and my family was back here. And so it's a 14, 15 hour drive down to North Carolina. I usually try to pound right through it, but got pretty familiar with every exit along the way and a lot right of those little that, towns. Huh? Cool. And, and boy, it's a, it's a tough one. Uh, some days, especially uh, get tired. And uh, one, my favorite long trip, I suppose was Thanksgiving weekend. I had some friends uh, that were at Fort Bragg and were coming home here as well. And, and had a pickup truck and two of us rode in the back of the bed of the pickup truck um and two of us rode what? inside and we rotated in and out i don't think people like what year was like this, this was uh, the nine, 80s late okay. 80s and stuff i don't think i think people frown on that these yeah. days uh, <laughs> especially at 80 miles an hour out on the interstate oh, but uh, and it's in wintertime is pretty cold and windy back there in the in the back and it such was too wintertime? so yeah so it's uh, uh, think or thanksgiving as yeah, it starts to yeah. get cooler and stuff like that so yeah so so a couple of fun uh, car trips maybe that's why i fly now yeah. <laughs> all right so let's wrap this up up um give us a couple plugs again plug uh economic outlook uh plug anyways people can get more information or plug in with the chamber yep um, yeah so up. i encourage folks to go sbrchamber.com just for everything the chamber is going on even if you're not a, a member uh there's a lot of great resources information uh for you there i encourage you to go there if you're a young professional I encourage you to go there and sign up for our young professionals network today for example we have 300 young professionals at the century center doing some professional development networking we want young people to to meet other young people and find reasons to stay here in the area so uh it's free you don't have to be a member of the chamber you can just sign up and be part of the activities that that happen in there uh visit southbend.com uh, if you're a visitor thinking about coming uh, to the area wnit.org uh, if you're looking for economic outlook and want to see uh, uh, see what we look like on uh, on television and some so hopefully um, you know no matter where you're at listening that you know we've we've done stories uh, you know kind of all over the region and and maybe something that uh, that resonates with you and and hopefully we could give you a little bit more information about some good things happening here awesome jeff thanks for coming by hey great appreciate to be here time. thank you so much keep up your good work i love listening and you're doing some good stuff thank you appreciate it